Thank you for downloading our audio tour. If you really want the complete experience of this tour, you should check out pictures, videos, and the other extras you can find in our free app. Download our free easy.travel app for iOS, Android, Windows Phone, and Google Glass now. Or visit easy.travel for more information. Our tour through modernist Barcelona begins at the Guel Palace, which is located in Calle Nou de la Rambla 3 to 5. This is one of the buildings that Antonio Gaudí, the well-known architect, gave the city. Gaudí is the finest example of Catalan modernism. In his works, which are heavily influenced by nature, we can observe a distinct personal style. This lies in the original nature of the structural solutions which all include a series of artisanal works that Gaudí had mastered, ceramics, glasswork, ironsmithing and carpentry. La Sagrada Familia, which will be our final stop, is currently one of the most visited monuments in Spain. The Guel Palace was commissioned by Eusebi Guel from Gaudí at the end of the 19th century. This work relates to the architect's Orientalist period, which showcases a distinct Oriental taste inspired by the art from the far and near east. Gaudí poured everything into this work because it was his first major commission. Evidence of his endeavours can be found in the 25 different designs for the façade, which was finally built out of Garaf limestone. However, Gaudí was not only meticulous with the building's exterior features. Inside the building, he efficiently paid attention to aspects such as lighting, ventilation, and acoustic insulation from the exterior. Overall, the work has a lavish Mudéar decoration, with eye-catching coffered wooden and iron ceilings. If we look closely at the façade, the entrance doors deserve special attention. In their upper section, there are wrought iron grills representing two snakes, forming the letter G for Guel. Between the doors, there is another iron lattice decorated with the Catalan coat of arms and a helmet with a winged dragon. Looking upwards towards the roof, the chimneys are particularly noteworthy. Instead of treating them as minor elements, Gaudí made them decorative. He also used them to begin a method for designing chimneys that would develop over his coming works. As we can see, these chimneys were built of brick covered with tiles, glass, marble or porcelain, with numerous brightly coloured designs. Next to the chimneys, there is also an eye-catching needle shaped like a lantern. It is made of tiles and finished with an iron lightning rod and weather vane, which contains a wind rose, a bat and a Greek cross. Walking along the famous Ramblas of Barcelona, moving away from the port and the Quel Palace, we'll find, in the middle of the avenue, a mosaic by Juan Miró. Miró was a Spanish painter, sculptor, engraver and potter, and also one of the leading lights of surrealism. Although this work does not form part of Catalan modernism, we think it's worth including on the tour due to the significance of its creator. This space is called the Pla de Los. It is a pavement made of terrazzo tiles. The idea behind the Pla de Los is interesting because the work forms part of a series of ceramic elements that the Barcelona Council commissioned Miró to design. It was intended to welcome visitors arriving in the city by land, sea and air. Therefore, at Barcelona Airport, there is a mural welcoming travellers arriving in the city by air. The Mucha y Payaro, Woman and Bird sculpture in the Juan Miró Park, is over 60 metres tall and welcomes travellers entering the city by land. Lastly, this mosaic, 
which is 400 square metres located near the port, welcomes tourists disembarking after arriving by sea. If you're interested in learning more about Juan Miró, a large part of his collection, including some of his outdoor sculptures, can be visited in the Juan Miró Foundation. This is located in Montjuic, here in Barcelona, and was built by Josep Luis Serp. Continuing our journey towards our next stop, Casa Martí, we'll quickly enter Barcelona's Gothic Quarter. Here we can glimpse the city's beautiful cathedral on our right. If you wish, you can take a short break here before continuing with the tour. The Gothic Quarter is the oldest part of Barcelona and its historic centre. Here we can admire different and culturally interesting monuments, including the Cathedral of the Holy Cross and Saint Eulalia, the Basilica de la Merced, the Basilica de Santa Maria del Mar, the San Juan Plaza, including the Barcelona City Hall and the Palace of the Government of Catalonia, the Plaza Real, Royal Plaza, and the Barcelona History Museum. After leaving the cathedral, the Casa Martí is just a few metres away. It's an example of the architectural style of Josep Puig y Catafalch that we can observe in Barcelona. Puig y Catafalch was a disciple of Luis Domenech y Montaner, whom we will discuss at our next stop because he designed the Palo de la Musica Catalana. He is considered the last figure of modernism and the first of Catalan nusantisme. The Casa Martí is a building on Calle Monsieur, resembling a medieval castle, and was built at the end of the 19th century. The façade, inspired by the European Gothic style, incorporates decorative elements unique to Catalan modernism. We can admire beautiful stained-glass windows, detailed wrought-iron work, sculptures by Eusebi Arnaud in the form of narrative capitals, and even a reproduction of the figure of St. George in the corner. This building currently houses the Els Quatre Gats, the Four Cats, restaurant. This is built on the site of the first café, tavern and social space that existed here in the beginning of the 20th century. In this café, intellectuals from the new bohemian and modernist movements in Barcelona met to attend talks, shows and concerts. A young Picasso was a frequent visitor and first exhibited his drawings here. We can therefore say that Els Quatre Gats was the gateway to Barcelona for the new artistic tastes coming from Northern Europe, particularly France. The Palau de la Musica, considered the most modernist building in the world, was built at the beginning of the 19th century by the architect Luis Domenech y Montaner. He was one of the leading modernist architects from Catalonia. This building served as the headquarters of the Catalan Symphony Orchestra. The works of Domenech y Montaner are noteworthy due to their excellent combination of structural rationality with extraordinary ornamental features. These are inspired by Spanish-Arab architectural trends and by the curved lines of modernism. The Palau de la Musica is now a central meeting point for Catalan cultural and social life. It is also the only modernist concert hall to have been granted UNESCO World Heritage status. Numerous features of the composition of the main façade catch the eye. Firstly, we can see numerous arches with large red brick and tile columns leading into the building. On the first floor, a balcony runs along the façade with 14 columns arranged in pairs. Each column is covered with a mosaic of different designs. On the second floor, there are busts erected on the columns designed by Eusebi Arnau. These correspond, from left to right, 
to the musicians Palestrina, Bach and Beethoven. Beyond the group sculpture in the corner we find Wagner. This sculpture group, found on the corner of Cae Amadeo Vices, is known as the Catalan Folk Song. It includes a representation of St George under a feminine figure in the centre as a figurehead. These are surrounded by a group of characters representing a sailor, a peasant, an old man, children and the upper class. This indicates that the Palau de la Musica Catalan was for everyone. Inside, the Palau de la Musica is made up of the concert hall, one of the most unique in the world, the Petit Palau, small palace, an ideal modern music hall for chamber concerts or smaller events, the rehearsal hall for Catalan Symphony Orchestra, and the Luis Millet Hall, a large salon for relaxing and meeting others. Casa Calve, located on Calle Casp, is another example of a modernist building by Gaudí. Casa Calve was originally built as a home and office space for the textile manufacturer Pere Calve. It was the first and most conventional of the three houses that Gaudí designed in the example of Barcelona. In fact, many experts on Gaudí consider Casa Calve to be his most conservative work because, in terms of symmetry, balance and order, it is not characteristic of his work. This may be because, on the one hand, Gaudí had to fit the building in among the older, nearby buildings, and on the other, consider that the work would be located in an elegant neighbourhood. Interest in Casa Calve focuses on the façade, which is full of symbolism, the decoration of the vestibule, and the design of the furniture, which is purely organic and breaks with all previous fashion. The most eye-catching feature of the façade is the first-floor grandstand, where we can see various decorative features. The initial of the owner's surname, an olive branch, a symbol of hospitality, and the Catalan coat of arms. The grandstand is topped with a sculpted dome, with two Almathea cornucopias of fruit and two doves. Additionally, the iron railings of the grandstand are decorated with mushrooms, reflecting the owner's passion for mycology. Another interesting feature is the wrought iron entrance door. Its handle is in the form of a Greek cross that bangs against a bug, symbolising faith crushing sin. Lastly, if we look towards the top of the building, we see that it is finished with sculptured busts of the three saints. Above these, the terrace railing, in the shape of a palm tree, symbolises martyrdom. The group of buildings made up of Casa Leo Morera, Casa Amatla and Casa Batlo form part of the Manzana de la Discordia, block or apple of discord, due to the different styles of these three exceptional buildings. The first of these, Casa Leo y Morera, was commissioned by Francesca Morera y Ortiz at the beginning of the 20th century. The architect, Luis Domenech y Montaner, redesigned the previous building to create a genuine modernist work. In fact, the architect himself described it as a family-scale Palau de la Musica. If we look at the façade, we see continuous allusions to the family's surname, representing the mulberry, morera, flower, with different materials, and several allegories to 20th-century inventions. The façade is crowned with an eye-catching shrine that adds a degree of originality to the building. However, the modernist features are clearest inside the residence, where visitors can admire the best-preserved suites in the city, filled with stained glass, mosaics, ceramics, sculpture, wood, marble and scraffito. 
the vestibule and staircase display the different modernist art forms that the artists and artisans involved in this construction were able to capture perfectly under the guidance of Domenech y Montaner. After Casa Leo y Morera, we see Casa Amacla, a fine work by Josep Puig y Carafalch that spectacularly combines the neo-Gothic and flamenco styles. We can identify the latter through the unusual upper finish of the building in layered form, which makes the house triangular. It is made of ceramic tiles and inspired by houses in the Netherlands. In the vestibule, where the centre of modernism office is located, we can admire the large number of columns, the bronze lanterns, and the elegant staircase covered in spectacular stained glass, which is considered one of the finest examples of stained glass in modernist works. The last building making up this Manzana de la Discordia is Casa Batlo, the most iconic work of the architectural genius Antonio Gaudí. This can be included in his naturalist phase. Gaudí gave Casa Batlo an original fantastic facade full of imagination, and it is certainly a masterpiece of form, colour and light. The exterior of the building is noteworthy due to a series of visual elements that shouldn't be missed. Firstly, we have the façade coated with tiles made of different coloured pieces of glass, Gaudi's famous trencadis, which creates different visual effects depending on how the light reflects it. The bone-like columns also catch the eye, along with plant forms, the coloured glass snaking around the windows, and the balcony's iron railings with a mask-like form. These are positioned on the stone stands in the shape of a seashell. Lastly, the façade culminates in a dome covered with glass ceramics that looks like red, green and blue scales, reminiscent of a dragon's back. A cylindrical tower rises to the left, shaped like a bulb of garlic, decorated with the anagrams of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and finished with the typical Gaudi equal-armed cross pointing towards the cardinal points. One interpretation of the symbols found on this façade is St. George fighting the dragon, whose victims are represented by the four columns in bone form and the balconies shaped like a skull. Therefore, the equal-armed cross would be the sword stuck in the animal's spine, and blood would pour on the red ceramics on this part of the roof. At number 278, Cae Mallorca, we find Palau Montaner, another of the modernist works of the architect Luis Domenech y Montaner. The owner of Montaner y Simon Publishing House and the uncle of the architect commissioned Domenech to construct this palace in the Italian style. The whole upper part of the building is decorated with large canvases of stained glass mosaics, representing the invention of the printing press through a large frieze below the overhang, where a stone eagle appears displaying the date when the building was completed. The building is currently the headquarters of the Delegation of the Central Government in Barcelona. Moving along Calle Mallorca to number 293, we see another modernist building constructed by the same architect, Luis Domenech y Montaner, called Casa Tomas. The author gave the façade a highly decorated, pure modernist style. On this façade, with neo-Gothic symbols, we can clearly identify the architect's style through the use of the blue tones in the decorations, with a markedly floral theme and reptile figures in the main vestibule. If you have a chance to visit this vestibule, you'll see it's an ornamental jewel decorated with plants with a stunning wrought iron staircase. Casa Milan, widely known as La Pedrera, is a unique building. It was constructed at the beginning of the 20th century by the architect Antonio Gaudí 
after receiving a commission from a Catalan businessman. It was originally intended to be a family residence and rental apartments, although it is currently the headquarters of the Catalonia Foundation, La Padrera, and home to an important cultural centre of reference in Barcelona. La Padrera has been declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Casa Milla reflects the architect's great artistry and is part of his naturalist phase during which he perfected his personal style, being influenced by nature's organic forms. We therefore see how the three facades of Casa Milla display a continuity of form and style that, due to the sinuous and winding shape, look like a rock moulded by sea waves. This is believed to be the origin of the nickname La Pedrera, the quarry, although there are several symbolic interpretations concerning the forms of this house. The inward and outward aspects of the façade give the overall building a dynamic feel, creating the sensation of moving, while producing an attractive effect with constantly changing light and shadow, depending on the time of day or the position of the viewer. The balconies are noteworthy due to their algae-like wrought iron railings. If we look at the top of the building, we can see that it is crowned by a terrace where Gaudí put the stairwell exits, chimney and the ventilation towers. Due to their original forms and innovative designs, these create a genuine garden of outdoor sculptures. As a structural feature, it is worth noting that, in La Padrera, there are no load-bearing walls. The building is supported by pillars and metal beams that form a framework over which the vaults have been built. This structure means that the partitions don't bear loads and can therefore be positioned wherever desired. As we continue along Avenida Diagonal at number 442, we find Casa Comalat, one of the most original examples of modernism in Barcelona by the architect Salvador Valeri y Pupurul, which features many elements of Gaudí's architecture. Casa Comalat is a building made up of two different façades. These share a common formal feature, the Gaudí-esque curve that is reminiscent of the Casa Batlo, the main façade, which faces Avenida Diagonal, has a more formal and symmetric air. Its key elements are the central gallery, finished in pinnacle form, the curved balconies with wrought iron railings, and the chiselled opening of the upper part of the façade with detailed floral décor. The whole is crowned by a tower shaped like a harlequin hat, coated with green-stained glass ceramics. However, the part facing Calle Corsega is entirely covered with polychrome ceramic decoration that extends over the whole façade, with undulating forms and wooden galleries closed by blinds. Continuing along Avenida Diagonal, we reach number 373, the location of Palau Quadras, or Palacio del Baron do Quadras, Palace of the Baron of Quadras, another modernist building designed by Josep Puig y Carafalch. Like the previous stop, this is a construction with two façades displaying completely different styles. One façade is a neo-Gothic palace, and the other a modernist apartment block. If we look at the house from Avenida Diagonal, it recalls the Gothic palaces of Northern Europe, with a neo-Plateresque style that adds a noble air to the construction. The most striking thing about this façade is certainly its gallery, which features eye-catching sculptures in the form of busts of medieval or Renaissance figures, flowers, heraldic coats of arms, and in the left corner St. George fighting a dragon. In contrast, the façade on Calle Rosselló preserves elements of the old building and is decorated in the modernist style. The palace is currently the headquarters of the Casa Asia, Asia House. 
Lastly, at Avenida Diagonal number 416, we see the Casa de les Ponches, House of the Spikes, in the form of a medieval Gothic castle, and also a work of Josep Puig y Cadafalch. The brick-built façade is eye-catching due to the reliefs sculpted in stone with floral designs on its galleries and balconies and the ceramic panels in the upper part of the building with clear references to patriotic symbols of Catalonia. The house culminates in four conical towers with a pointed spike, which is where the name comes from, although it is also known as Casa Terades, Terades House. Casa Macaya is located at Paseo de San Juan number 108. This is a fantastic modernist building by the architect Josep Puig y Cadafalch, commissioned by the industrialist Roman Macaya Guibert. However, due to its location, a little out of the modernist epicentre of Paseo de Gracia, tourists often miss this building. As we have seen, Puig y Cadafalch undertook a range of residential works for the established Catalan bourgeoisie of traders and industrialists. All of these projects fall within the dominant style of the time, modernism. The façade of the Casa Macaya is decorated in a similar manner to medieval palaces, with white stucco, which contrasted with the stone frames that project slightly and the russet tones of the scraffito. However, despite this austerity in the white stucco façades, Casa Macaya does not lack modernist elements, which are particularly noticeable in the embellishments of the continuous balcony, the exterior staircase with its lavish decoration, the various floral and allegorical motifs, classic and Arab elements in columns and capitals, scraffito, wrought works in windows and balconies, and a small gallery. In the capital on the left side of the main entrance we can see the figure of a cyclist, a detail by the sculptor in honour of Puig y Cadafalch, who was working on the construction of Casa Amatla at the time and travelled between the two works, from Paseo de Gracia to Paseo de San Juan, on a bicycle. The vestibule and the indoor patio can be visited, where you can admire a marvellous set of details, and the staircase accessing the main floor. After being used as a prison during the Civil War, and suffering considerable damage, the Casa Macaya was acquired by La Caixa and converted into a cultural centre for art exhibitions. The Templo Expiatorio de la Sagrada, Expiatory Church of the Holy Family, is Antonio Gaudi's most important work, to which he dedicated the last 15 years of his life entirely. It is also the most visited monument in Spain. The construction of this basilica began at the end of the 19th century and work still, as of 2014, continues. The main reason is that the construction is an expiatory church, meaning that it is built from donations. This makes it difficult to set a completion date for the Sagrada Familia. Of its current appearance, Gaudí only managed to build the nativity façade and the crypt, but the architect was well aware that he would not finish the whole temple project and therefore organised the construction so that it could be completed following his ideas. Among the most striking features of the exterior of this temple are its façades, which are given the names of the nativity façade, the passion façade and the glory façade, and the towers with their pinnacles. The nativity façade faces the northeast and is dedicated to the birth of Christ. It features lush decoration where all of its elements evoke life. It is divided into three porticos in honour of the theological virtues of hope, which is the biggest of the three porticos dedicated to Jesus, on the left-hand side. Faith, located to the right and dedicated to the Virgin Mary, and finally charity, located in the centre 
and dedicated to St. Joseph. This facade also includes the door of Jesus and is finished with the tree of life. The passion facade intends to reflect the passion of Jesus, the suffering of Christ during his crucifixion as a rendition of the sins of man. For this, Gaudí conceived a more austere, simpler facade without any decoration where the nudity of the stone stands out as if it were a body reduced to the simplicity of its skeleton. On this facade we can see also three porticos dedicated to hope, faith and charity, where the bronze doors catch the eye. The hope portico showcases the door of the crown of thorns, which is five metres high. In the faith portico we can see the gate of Gethsemane, dedicated to the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Olives, and the charity portico in the centre, which has two doors dedicated to the Gospel, which contain texts narrating the last days of Jesus. The column of the flagellation rises between both doors. The glory façade is the main façade and will be the biggest and most monumental when work is completed. Dedicated to the celestial glory of Jesus, it represents the upward journey to God, death, the final judgment and glory and hell. Regarding the towers, Gaudi intended the Sagrada Familia to be a very tall temple, so it could be seen from anywhere in Barcelona. For this, he planned the construction of 18 towers of different heights working upwards, with the highest tower measuring 172 metres. The towers are based on the Twelve Apostles, the Four Evangelists, and the Domes of Jesus and the Virgin Mary. These are crowned by pinnacles that adopt different symbolism depending on the tower in question. Casa Vicenz is located at Calle Carolins, 24, in the Gracia neighbourhood. This was the young Gaudi's first major work. The building has an oriental and mudia feel and stands out due to the excessive decoration that covers the façade with spectacular green and white tiles, which may be explained by the fact that the owner was a tile manufacturer. Gaudi designed these stamped tiles that mix with the red brick by drawing inspiration from the Damascene flowers embellishing the gardens of the property which began a naturalist phase which the architect would use as a reference for the nature-based design. The decoration of these tiles give the house a unique air and a strong sense of colour, which draws comparisons with Arab constructions. In addition to the Mudiyar style, Indian and Japanese influences are also present, such as the staggered angles to prevent classic rigidity. The house is crowned with chimneys and towers in the form of temples. The exterior also boasts a magnificent iron fence with floral motifs, a quintessential feature of Gaudi's works, who designed the fence using clay models from the garden's eye-catching palm leaves. Casa Vincenzo has been declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site and is currently owned by the Andorran Bank, Morabank, which plans to turn the property into a house museum and open it to the public after redevelopment. Guell Park takes its name from Eusebi Guell, a rich Catalan businessman who, as we already saw on our first stop at the Guell Palace, commissioned many of Gaudí's works. On this occasion, Guell and Gaudí conceived a garden-dwelling design in an English style with an upper-class estate intended for the Catalan bourgeoisie. However, the project was a complete failure commercially and, although work in the common zones of the estate continued until the beginning of the First World War, Gaudí's heirs sold the park to Barcelona City Council following the death of Eusebi Guell. Guell Park falls within the finest works of Gaudí's naturalist phase, meaning that we can see an extensive mix of elements inspired by nature, 
adding a great degree of creative liberty in its forms and imaginative creation in its decoration. The park structure is divided into the main entrance, the dragon and the staircase, the Plaza de la Naturaleza, Nature Plaza, the Viaducto de las Jardineras, Gardener's Viaduct, and the Viaducto del Algarobo, Carob Viaduct, the Viaducto del Museo, Museum Viaduct, and the Gaudi Museum. The main entrance to the park consists of an iron door, two pavilions, a store, a shelter for carriages, and a main staircase, which has become a symbol of Barcelona and is home to the sculpture of the lizard, which is often confused with a dragon. This staircase leads to the Hippo-style room, or the Room of the Hundred Columns, designed to function as a market for the residential neighbourhood, although it doesn't currently have any function. Above this porch is a plaza bordered by a Gaudi-style bench, which is in the form of a snake and covered by tiles. The views of Barcelona from here are excellent. Gaudi created viaducts that were sufficiently wide to allow carriages to cross the park. The gardener's viaduct is in the Roman style. The Carob viaduct is in the Baroque style, with wave-like columns, and the museum viaduct is in the Gothic style. Lastly, the Gaudi Museum House was the architect's residence up until a few months before his death, and was built as a sample house for the estate. The residence contains a significant collection of furniture designed by Gaudi and diverse objects and works of some of his associates. The Torre Belasgard, or Casa Figueras, is located at Calle Belasgard 16-20 and was designed by Antonio Gaudi and built on the ruins of an old medieval castle from the 15th century. It was the residence of the King of Aragon, Martin the Humane. This is why it still retains part of this original structure and also why the building has some straight forms, highly unusual in Gaudi's works. With the Torre Belasgard, Gaudi would try out some new decorative procedures, such as using the stone mosaic technique to achieve a padding effect in the texture of the building's walls. For this technique, Gaudi used small stones from the palace, which he put in square or octagonal plaster moulds, adding mortar on top. When the pieces were extracted, the stone faced upwards. Gaudi first used this technique at the Guel Palace and again for Guel Park. The most eye-catching feature of the façade is the attic with brick arches and the tower crowned by an equal-armed cross typical of Gaudi. The attic is a real extravagance of imagination and effective construction because simply by employing these brick arches edgewise it creates the unnecessary use of beams or another type of parietal support. The Bellasgard Tower is currently private property and belongs to the Guilera family which continues to live in part of the house. 